Chuck Shoot Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We have Matt James of Blacktop Mojo on today. Um, so this is another uh, great newer rock band that has shared a stage with everyone from Papa Roach to Bon Jovi. Uh, the band is extremely talented, and you can really tell how good of a singer Matt is because of the way he can sing the covers so flawlessly. Not many people can sing Steven Tyler and Robert Plant so perfectly. Uh, they also have really great original songs, and although I've never seen them live personally, the stuff I've seen on YouTube definitely makes me want to catch one of their live shows really soon. So learn all about Matt and the band in this interview. Here it is. Welcome, Matt James, singer, guitarist, songwriter of Blacktop Mojo. How you doing today? Doing good, brother. How are you? Great. Just great. Yeah, it's a little cloudy over here in Phoenix, but uh, still warm enough to be outside and such. Right on, right on, brother. What's it's, the? It's, it's raining over here, man. It's, and you're still in still Texas, warm. right? Yes, sir. So you're you're born and raised in a in small town Texas, a town called Rusk. Is that right? Did I get that right? Uh, yeah, I grew up there for sure. Yeah. Grew up there. So tell me about Texas before we get into the music stuff. I'm just curious about Texas. I mean, that's like a whole other culture. I mean, I went to Austin, but I did. I feel like I didn't get the real Texas experience. Like you got the Southern accent and everything. So explain yeah. some of this like lingo, like. Uh, I want to quiz you. Like, what does the the phrase "all hat no cattle" mean? I've never heard that before. Uh, all hat no cattle would mean uh, be like your rhinestone cowboy. You know, you your guy that, <laughs> that that dresses like a cowboy, but uh, his boots are not dirty. You know. So okay, so he's got the look, but not the all talk no action kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just another all way. Talk, no walk. Yeah. What about um, all get out? What does that mean? All get out. I've never heard that one, man. You you got me there. <laughs> oh, that okay. What about Mike Could? Is that one you've heard? Yeah, the Mike Could. What does that mean? We, we might be able to do that, you know. But we, we what, Mike Could. Mike Could. Okay, <laughs> it's just like two words. Okay, fun. And then yeah. I've, and then I was curious about this one. Bless your heart, because people say that, but doesn't it also mean like you say that kind of like sarcastically, like oh, like bless his heart because he's not so bright, okay. right? Yeah, absolutely, man. That's kind of a that's kind of a polite way to, to, you know, polite F you. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. So, yeah. So tell me about you. You grew up with the music. Um, I heard you say you only had two radio stations coming through your clock radio. It was either country music or the Spanish music. And so you picked Uh country. So is that, that was a lot of your early, early influences, right? Yeah, man. Uh, growing up in Rusk, there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, different music it was that and uh whatever cd my parents had in the in their vehicle you know uh they they were big uh big 80s rock 70 you know classic rock uh listeners so acdc and van halen and um my mom really loved hair metal bon jovi rat nice love all that stuff and then you, yeah. you, and so you like that, you like the blues, like Robert Johnson, Skinner, Marshall Tucker, the Southern, but then you got into the 90s stuff too, like Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Tool. Yeah, yeah, I got into that kind of late in life, actually. Um, oh, okay. I don't, uh, that was, I'd always heard it, you know, on, on rock stations and stuff, and mm-hmm. I always liked it, but I never really like sunk my teeth into it until, oh. you know, later in life, like, you know. So who is your like number one? Who do you think the best singer of all time and who's the best guitarist? If you had um, to pick one. Oh man. Uh, Chris Cornell is probably my top 
uh, singer, I think. Uh, he got a new album hard. come out today. Have you heard that? He did, man. All yeah. the covers, I haven't got to listen to it Good yet, stuff. So, uh, it's dark, but yeah. okay. And then for guitars, yeah. what would you say for guitarist? Guitars. Um, probably a tie between like Eddie Van Halen or like Jimi Hendrix. Oh, um, yeah. Two amazing yeah. people. It's, There's so many. And then Stevie Ray. Yeah. Gosh, he was so good. Amazing. Died too young. Absolutely, man. Don't fly helicopters. I guess not. Well, the story was, uh, it was Eric Clapton's helicopter. Right. And he said, Oh no, you can get in this and go. I wonder if he did that on purpose. Like, Oh, I'm the best guitarist. (laughs) You're going to die now. Um, (laughs) but yeah, you started playing guitar at 15. Did you just, so was it listening to all this music kind of influenced you to pick it up and, and so did you start practicing yourself or did you take lessons or anything or? Uh, I, I taught myself, man, I'm still not that good. Um, I'm not a great teacher, I guess. Uh, but I always had a, I got a guitar for Christmas I think, okay. one year um, when I was probably 13, 14. And uh, it kind of just sat in the corner of the room and I could pick it up and play smoke on the water or, you know. Uh, what about the singing? Yeah, did Iron you take Man singing Man. lessons or like how do you, you teach yourself how to sing? Because you're really good at that. Uh, yeah, I taught, me, taught myself to just kind of um, whenever I was home alone, I would kind of just try to belt out and uh, try to emulate different different songs. You know, um, Shine Down's Leave a Whisper album came out when I was in high school, and that mm. was a big uh, that was a big one that really I would I would try oh. to emulate. Brent Smith vocals on, on those records and stuff, you know? So you didn't, you weren't in the marching band or choir or anything like that. Cause you were a jock in, in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I played all the sports. Um, none of them very well, but <laughs> well, wait, yeah. so you went to Northwestern state. Did you, didn't you play uh, college there college football O-line? Yeah. 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 I, I, I walked on over there and, uh, I, I played a little bit, uh, for a few years over there. But, oh, okay. You just walked on, you didn't get a scholarship or anything. No, no, no scholarship, uh, but made the team and, uh, practice squad for a few years, you know? Oh, that's pretty cool. Did you, you get, you didn't get to travel with the team though, or? Uh, yeah, I got to travel a couple of times. Uh, um, actually got to play LSU, uh, the year that they went to the national championship. We were there, uh, we were their tune up game for the, you know, the first game of the year. So I always Mm -hmm. wondered about those kind of things. Like, I mean, what is it like playing the the best of the best and, you know, you're a smaller school? I mean, isn't that almost dangerous for some of, because some of the kids are probably smaller, not as big as the LSU um, players. Well, I mean, we had a lot of athletes. Um, I mean, we have, uh, we had quite a few guys, uh, not quite a few, but a few guys go to the, go to the league after, uh-huh. after school, you know. Uh, okay. Wow. Uh, Jeremy Lane played for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. For like 10 years, I I'm say. a Seahawks yeah. fan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, I remember Lane. that I name. Do, I would, yeah, I played with Jeremy Lane. So, oh, uh, very cool. Um, him and then uh, uh, Deion Simmons, he went on to play uh, defensive tackle for the Jets. And, Wasn't there a kid named um, Cody Glenn, too, that played at that? That was, uh, yeah, he, he played in Rusk. Um, okay. He, but he, yeah, he played for the Colts for, for wow. a few years. Um, so, but yeah, um, we, uh, so as far as that goes, uh, we got our ass kicked, of course. I mean, they have the best. <laughs> they have the best football players in the world. Yeah, you know, playing and uh, you know we have the we were D one, we were D one, but we were D one double A. So sure. it's a smaller school, totally smaller, different. Yeah, smaller talent pool, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, 
Okay. So you get, you get your ass kicked, but you know. So cool it, experience to you say can... you played against those guys. Do you remember, was there any famous people at LSU that you played against? Um, Tyron Matthew and uh, Odell Beckham. Oh, Jr. the honey. There. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. We were playing them. Yeah, was, That's that was, neat. That's pretty wild. So you go to Northwestern, you graduate and you get your degree in biomedical science. So you're a smart yeah. guy. So then you're, but then you ended up working at this coffee shop, right? And you, and you sure. would sing there. And that's when your drummer, uh, Nathan Gillis heard you singing. And he, he felt like he was a kind of like a, like an AR rep look like discovering you like this guy's going to make yeah. it. And so he reached out to you and said, we got to team up and work together and start a band. Absolutely. That's pretty much how it works, man. Uh, we met up with each other at a, at a Cody Johnson concert is a country concert um, up in Tyler. And uh, we were both drunk as hell. And I'm surprised that uh, <laughs> I was like, Hey man, I'm, I'm playing at the coffee shop the next day. And uh, oh. he, he remembered to, he remembered to show up. He showed up with a couple of his buddies and just like you said, he, he scouted me. He was like, that's, that's the guy. Wow. That's how, that's how he'd tell the story for sure. Okay. Very cool. So you, you formed the band now explain this, uh, the story about how the band name came about. So you guys do this thing in Texas where it sounds like basically you're, you're, you're drinking and driving, you're driving down the yeah. back roads and drinking booze. And you were stirring your drink with this piece of, uh, I had to look this up. I didn't know what a duck decoy was. Uh, and yeah. it was called Mojo. And, and then where did the blacktop just cause of the road or whatever you kind of thought about that? Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's a little bit hazy actually. We've been trying to, <laughs> as you can imagine with the drinking and the driving, yeah. but, uh, yeah, uh, we've been trying to come up with a band name for like uh, two or three weeks. This was after the night that he came to the coffee shop and uh, we went back to his house and he played the drums for me and stuff. And uh, he's an amazing drummer. And uh, Sure. Don't tell him I said that. But no. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, and- we decided to start a band. And so we'd been trying to come up with a band name. And uh, I showed up at his house and was waiting for him to get off of work. And uh, two of his buddies came out of the house with a uh, handle of Jim Beam, and we left and didn't come back for a few hours. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, so by the time we got back, we were all just slurring black on Mojo. That's the, so wait, that is somebody? Crazy. But somebody's the DD when you're doing these backroads drinking, right? Or um, uh, kinda. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> someone that, drinks less at least, or. The driver drinks less. Okay. Sure. All right. Well, that's better than no- I mean, and these are back roads, so there's not as many people and cars there's, and things. There's no, there's no people. There's no oh, cars. okay. You know, All right. Just the animal. Do you have to worry about animals yeah, though? You, you'd be, you'd be lucky to come across, you know, 10 cars in, in huh. two hours or whatever. Wow. So. Okay. I gotcha. <laughs> so then how did you meet the rest of the band, the bass player and the two guitar players? I know, I think you switched the guitar, play, one of the guitar players later, but. Yeah. Um, the bass player was a friend of Nathan's Okay. and uh, uh, the guitar player was a guy that I went to school with. Our first guitar player, uh, his name was Ken Thurwin mm. and uh, he, he'd played in a bunch of metal bands and stuff mm. um, when, when we were in high school and I, I just, uh, I knew he could shred a little bit and I, I called him up and I asked him if he wanted to come jam with us. So uh, the owner of the coffee shop would actually let us um, when we first, very first started would let us uh, basically close down the coffee shop and just jam in there for, a few hours every night after, after it shut down. So, okay. Um, the, the three of us would sit in there and just jam for a few hours. And Yeah. So talk about that because you started playing country songs and like honky talk music, and then you yeah. kind of developed your sound, which you call Southern grunge. 
It's kind of like Skinner meets Soundgarden. So what was the moment that you kind of decided to switch from country to more rock? Yeah. Um, well, we'd been playing and uh, doing bar gigs and stuff for a few years. And uh, bar gigs, basically, you know, you play for four hours and you play covers mostly and uh, you figure out uh, just how to fill the time, you know. So you're just mm-hmm. playing every anything and everything you can think of. And, um but we started writing our own music and, and most of it was more um, heavy mm. kind of hard rock in that hard rock vein, you know? Sure. So uh, after we recorded our first album in uh, 2014, um, we just decided, Hey man, like let's go all in on the, on the rock thing. Cause that's really all what we like and that's what we write. And that's uh, so we just yeah. started traveling to Dallas and Houston and Austin and like anywhere we could, you know, play in rock clubs. Okay. Those are the kind of the closest places. Sure. And being, being in Palestine, we're kind of a couple hours from all of those places. Oh. So um, it, it really worked out in our favor being okay. kind of in this, in the middle of nowhere, but still. But it, close enough to these multiple cities. big cities. Okay. So yeah. talk about the band's look. Cause I feel like that's a huge part of being in a rock band. I mean, maybe less with MTV, there's no MTV and Spotify is really big, but then in a way it's kind of more so because they got the social media and the YouTube. So is the band's look designed on purpose? Like your beard definitely stands out. People are not going to forget that. Mm -hmm. Is there a conscious effort to look a certain way? Um, Or is this just how Um, you guys would look without being in a rock band? This is definitely how I would look without being in a rock band. Uh, (laughs) I, uh, I quit shaving like, 12 years ago and I just <laughs> never looked back, but, uh, uh, now, I mean, we really don't, I mean, if it's like a music video or something, we might try to dress a certain way or, okay. um, hmm. you know, wear a certain thing, but, or like if we're playing on big festivals, I, you know, I, I like to kind of wear some wild shit, you know, okay. Like, uh, I wore this uh, first time, our very first festival we played up in uh, Wisconsin was uh, Rockfest. Yeah. Dot. Um, and I wore this like furry uh, vest that we had. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. We, we, we had made this, uh, this tour announcement and it was like a Game of Thrones themed tour oh, announcement. Okay. I look like, I look kind of like the guy from Game of Thrones or whatever. So yeah. So we were kind of I could see that. around and. But yeah, so I had this furry vest. And I'm like, dude, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna wear this. Uh, yeah, because that <laughs> stuff like, stands okay. out. People Everybody's remember. Like, that. Okay, man. But uh, yeah, it it turned. I mean, it it turned out to work out in our favor because uh, we were standing in the parking lot later, and uh, Sean Morgan from Caesar was smoking a cigarette, and I'm I'm a pretty pretty big Caesar fan. But I walked oh. up, and uh, he was like, "You're the dude. You were the dude in the furry vest." He said, "You, <laughs> you guys, yeah, you pretty good." Yeah, that's yeah, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you definitely you stand out. So like, I, I mean, I feel like I could do a whole interview just on your beard. Like, how long does it take to get that? Lo- I mean, you said twelve years, and then what kind of maintenance do you have to do? Like, do you have to oil it or shampoo and conditioner? Like your head hair, or um, what do you have to do um, with that? Yeah, I use uh this company out of Bastrop, Texas, makes uh, this badass beard oil and okay and wax and stuff. Um, they're called Hungry Wolf Beard Company. Are you sponsored by them or? Yes. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Very they're, cool. They're buddies of mine. And, um, but yeah, just trimming it up. It's kind of, it's a lot longer than it has been. No quarantine, you know, oh, haven't, sure. been going anywhere. haven't been going anywhere. Right. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, you have such a manly look. I know that sometimes people want to start a fight 
with the biggest guy, like the toughest looking guy in the bar. Does that ever happen to you? Like where you're just in a bar and people just want to start a fight with you just because you look like tough? Um, maybe a few times. Like, I don't know, but I've never actually been in a, in a bar fight or anything like that. Oh, so. really? So how would you handle yeah. if someone tried to start stuff with you? Just talk them down or? I guess, man. Um, I mean, if I'd fight if I had to, but mm. I, I've never really had to. You yeah. Know? Nobody's really ever. <laughs> Nobody's really ever come at me like that. So. Yeah, because how tall are you? I'm I'm five ten. Oh, okay, seven. but so, you got I yeah, mean you I'm, got the bulk for sure. So it's like yeah. it's, no one's gonna not, screw not, with you. I'm not super big. Yeah, mm, tall. So you guys, um, you spent a few years. You cut your teeth in the dive bars. You did the dance halls, the honky tonks. Is it true that one time you did a show for zero people in Virginia? Explain to me this. What happened there? Why was there zero people? I don't know, man. Um, it was a, uh, it's a college town in, uh, it's called, it's Morgantown, West Virginia. It's where WVU is. Um, okay. And, uh, I don't know, it was, it was move-in weekend and stuff. And there was like, there's all these clubs and stuff. And I guess like, just, we were playing kind of in this back room, like to where you couldn't really, you couldn't get like foot traffic or anything like that. Oh. And, like, we, we had never, uh. We'd never been through there. It was our first tour, man. And uh, it was moving weekend. So all these kids are just oh, wanting to go out and like okay. dance, party and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know, man. It just. Uh, you still get paid? Never... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, well, then who know, cares? <laughs> yeah. That sucks. Couple, though. You know, that couple hundred bucks or whatever. guarantee, yeah. and, and you move on down the road. But yeah. Sometimes yeah. it just happens like that. Man. Sure. You never, you never know what's, what's yeah. going on in a town, you know? So you kept going because you had that first album, uh, like you said, I Am in 2014. But then in 2017, you decided that you guys are going to go all in for the Burn the Ships album. And you hired uh, Jimmy Johnson, who's like really famous producer, worked with the Rolling Stones and Skinner and Bob Seger. And uh, also, this was crazy. You guys, you all quit your day jobs and you moved into a house together. Um, I mean, do you, do you think that that helped catapult the band by quitting your job? Or do you have any regrets on that decision? Absolutely not, man. Um, I, I think it's the best thing we ever did. Mm -hmm. um, and it forced us to figure out how to make a living playing music. And uh, everybody, I mean, everybody was on the same page, you know, mm -hmm. Every, it put everybody on an even playing field. There was no like, hey, man, I can't do this anymore because I can't pay my rent. It's like, mm -hmm. this is this is our rent. This is our this is our thing. Everybody mm -hmm. wants the same thing. So I think it was the, the best thing we ever did for sure. You guys felt like you were kind of on that verge because you were being paid musicians to travel and, and do all these different shows. And you just felt like if you just quit the day jobs, then you could just do more well, music is, stuff. Yeah, this was before that, man. So like, oh. we were just playing pretty, this is pretty much just playing on the weekends and stuff. Okay. And then uh, like, like, I don't, I don't remember like planning out the timing of it really, but the, it was like two weeks before we went to record our, our second record. Okay. And, uh, it's ballsy. We recorded that after we recorded that, um, we, uh, we got hooked up with our publicist, uh, Tom George, and, uh, he helped us find a manager and like, we kind of put our first tour together and did our first radio single and uh, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff and just kind of yeah build from there so know? that album i mean it, it got you got a couple uh radio hits on there uh where the wind blows and then your cover of aerosmith's dream on 
which is yeah. blew it up on YouTube. Your friends suggested you do that. Now, now I'm not a professional singer, but I do karaoke every now and then. Yeah. I always stay away from Aerosmith and especially <laughs> Dream On because that's got to be one of the hardest songs to sing of all time. I mean, I don't even think Steven Tyler can do it anymore, but you nailed it. So how does how do you nail it like that? Does that take a lot of practice or, or is that just come natural to you or how does that work? Man, it was it was uh, kind of a fluke. I didn't I didn't I'd never really sang that song before. We went out to go record it, um, and the vocals was the, of course the last thing that we put on it. And I was just sitting out there, and the first few times I went for it, it was kind of like you know it, it it wasn't really there. Okay. And then, uh, I don't know, man. Just sort of <laughs> just sort of came out, you know. So it. Uh, Cause uh, that was a, uh, that was with the Jimmy Johnson producer, right? So does he help you like coach you or, or give you tips on how to do that and get the best out of you? Well, uh, that one in particular, uh, that's with our, our longtime producer, uh, Philip Mosley. Oh, that's he, with Mosley. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jimmy helped us on, on, uh, burn the ships okay. on, on a few songs and then, uh, but Phil's really like kind of our, uh, it's like a silent, six member. Six member yeah. Band. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of, Right. Knows. Okay. Put it together. But gotcha. yeah, I mean, he, we had gotten it, um, close, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he okay. was like, he was like, he put it in like auto tune or whatever. So you could just see how close it was. Cause oh. it'll tell you like, it'll tell you like how many cents off of the note you are, you know, wow. stuff in that program. And then I was like, no, you can't fucking auto tune that, you know? So it's I not auto tune. That's actually you singing. Yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> that's you, awesome. You but you can't do that. You know what right. I mean? It's, oh, it's, well, yeah, because a, yeah, that's cheating. man. Yeah. No. And the song that you, the, you guys do a cover of, uh, in the air tonight by Phil Collins and you harmonize yeah. this perfectly with your guitar player. And, but it looks like you guys are kind of just fucking around. Like you're just kind of playing like you didn't really, and, and it got 5 million views on YouTube. I mean, did you think it was going to blow up like that? Cause it seems so casual, like just like an off the cuff, Hey, let's do the song. What the heck? No, I mean, yeah, that's basically what it was, man. I mean, that's, that's why there's like a whole minute and a half of our guitar players just talking, Yeah, you know, before we even right. start the song. Okay. We were just in there and we were half lit and, uh, just, wow. Just having fun, man. Okay. Well, geez. And then another song I was going to ask you about, um, one of my favorites, which is not, I don't think you release it as a single or anything, but uh, Pyromaniac. That is such a good song. I, it was not a single, but it, it's such a good like build in the song and the lyrics. What inspired that song? Was that, is that actually about a pyromaniac? Or is that some sort of like metaphor for something? Um, it's a metaphor for, um, I was dating a girl at the time and, uh, mm. I kind of just felt like a, uh, you know, she had a good job and, you know, good life and she was she was supportive of the band thing but i always felt like i was kind of a like a burnout for lack of a better term you know like i wasn't doing enough or going anywhere fast enough you know really it's just kind of that kind of that emotion of like you know you always you're watching me burn out and you know okay wow because so you didn't burn out because in the burn the ships album that's when you started doing these opening shows for some really big bands bon jovi Candlebox, puddle yeah. of mud um you got to do the uh, sammy hagar's rock and roll road trip um so tell me about the in dallas you said uh 
opening for Bon Jovi was like jumping out of an airplane. Uh, you won a competition. <laughs> you beat out all the local bands. The management, the management picked you. So how many, uh, do you know how many bands that you beat out to get that spot? Um, I, it was probably like a hundred, 150, something like that. I mean, there was, wow. they were doing it. They were doing that contest in, in, um, in every city, you know, that they mm-hmm. went to and okay. they had, they had a, at least, you know, they had to have at least a hundred submissions from every city, I think is what they said. I mean, that's cool. Was a lot, a lot, I mean, it was a huge opportunity. It was, yeah. it was crazy, man. I mean, opening up in a sold out arena for, for Bon Jovi. You know? Yeah. So how, so how was that? I know I, I talked to, I had a less than Jake on here. They actually toured opening for Bon Jovi and they said it was, it was tough because people are going there, you know, sometimes they don't show up until later, you know, because the opening band starts a little earlier. What were you kind of, were people showing up on time for that show or was it, was it kind of later? Um, yeah, man. Um, it was the, the cool thing about that, that they did, they didn't have like a, um, like you weren't the first of three bands or four bands or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like you got to play right before Bon Jovi went on stage. That was, that was the whole thing. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. So that, so that they could give the most, you know, exposure and, and everything. That was like his whole thing. Um, they really planned it out where they really wanted to help these unsigned bands and stuff like okay. that. And um, so, yeah, we got to play like, I mean, our set was probably 20 minutes before they went on stage. Oh, you know okay. I mean? Yeah. So then like, that's, so, yeah, that's probably pretty. And you got to meet the band or Bon Jovi. Uh, yeah. We got to meet um, John, John and, uh, talked to him for for a few minutes and uh he was really cool man uh he told us a story about them uh the first time they had a big arena show or whatever i guess um they opened up for zz top in madison oh, square garden that would be and, fun uh, he said that the um when they went up on stage that richie sambor's guitar didn't work <gasps> like they went to go into the first oh, no. song and uh just silence, you know, and then he said the crowd just started chanting ZZ Top, ZZ Top, ZZ Top. That sucks. And uh, it was basically like, uh, hey, if we made it through that and, you know, then you guys, you guys will be fine tonight type of thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it went. I'm sure we all look nervous as shit, man, because that, that was a, that was at that point we had only played in front of probably 200 people and, and oh. there were supposed to be 20,000 plus there that night. So it was a, it was a large large jump so then do you have to have a few drinks to kind of calm yourself down before that or um they actually um had a policy where like you weren't allowed alcohol backstage so i guess i guess maybe they had like a a bad experience with sure (laughs) bands maybe or or something but uh so you just had had to fight your nerves yeah yeah it was you had to go up there stone cold sober that's why i mean um it was it was cool though man it's like the house lights went down you could hear all these people screaming and stuff and uh the uh, production manager was like shining a light on the stage and was like good luck boys you know and like that's really cool it, it was really cool man that's that's why i i, I described it as like jumping out of an airplane yeah as soon as those lights came up adrenaline like, all the nerves and but uh the adrenaline like kicked in and it was just like this weird calm that came huh. over everybody like you know and we just went through our set and it was like that was cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. So you come yeah. off the road and then you guys, now you're working on the under the sun album. Like you said, that was with the, your friend, uh, Philip Mosley. 
Um, so explain to me uh, what this means. It's something about, uh, it's like a biblical reference. The title under the sun is a biblical reference to King Solomon trying to find happiness in all the wrong places and nothing new under the sun. Everything's been, everything's been done before. Yeah. Like uh, it's basically everybody, everybody goes through this. Everybody makes these same mistakes and uh, all the songs on the album are kind of uh, well, lyrically are about, you know, me, you know, personal experience of me making those same mistakes pretty much. And um, like what mistakes did you make? What, what do you mean? Just with like women and wine and, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, you know? Okay. Just trying <laughs> you know, to find you, happiness. Just your, your typical, yeah. Your <laughs> typical uh, mid twenties mistakes where you're just, uh, you know, a single guy out on the town. And, yeah. And but now you'd be over and, Maybe overindulging a little bit too. Are much. you still making those mistakes, or have you uh, sorted it all out now? Uh, no, man. I feel like I'm a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, definitely, definitely not making those mistakes as much. And uh, okay, got a good girl now. And uh, <laughs> good. All right. On the on the on the straight and narrow. On the straight and narrow. All right. So that Just, album did well. It debuted at uh, number nineteen on the what is it? The Billboard Hard Rock Albums chart, and then the single "Can't Sleep." I gave you another rock hit on the radio and uh, you just kept uh, touring in support of that. Um, In your bio, it says you guys are one of the hardest working independent rock bands out there. So explain to me what that looks like to be a hardworking uh, rock band. Cause I think some people just see the concerts and they think, Oh, these guys just, you know, they show up for a half an hour, hour a night and play music and that's it. But you guys, there's gotta be a lot more to it than that. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, we stay on the road as much as possible and, um, we give our all every night. Um, we never, uh, never, uh, half-ass it on stage, you know, mm-hmm. everybody, no matter what you're feeling like every night, you know, those people, they showed up to support you and, and they spent their hard earned money. They, they went and got babysitters. They, they made plans. They, you know, they took that moment out of their life to, to support your dream, you know? So, I mean, we give it our all every night. And, and there's more than just showing up and doing that. I mean, you got to practice and it's also like a lot of promotion for the band, like yeah. interviews like this and uh, you know, the website and all that stuff. I mean, that's a lot of work as well. Right. Yeah, man. And uh, yeah. And doing the, uh, doing the radio interviews every morning, you know, waking up early and doing morning radio and, and mm. singing singing two or three songs for them and then coming to VIP and then singing two, three songs uh-huh. for them and doing a, doing a two hour show. And, you know, it's a lot rinse and repeat, you know? Right. And so drive, tell me, drive 500 miles every night and, yeah. and get it done, you know? And uh, tell me about this uh, thing that you did. You did the ship rocked cruise. Um, that sounds like a pretty cool, uh, uh, list of bands. Oh, I lost you. Hello. Yeah. Oh, you're back. Okay. Um, uh, you did with uh you just so you did the ship rock cruise with Papa Roach, Bullet for My Valentine, Seven Dust, Bad Flower. That sounds like a pretty good lineup. Tell me what it's like doing those cruise. Sh- I've never been on one, but they look like so much fun. Is it is it fun for um, the bands as well? Oh yeah, man! It's it is an absolute blast. Like um, how many times do you have to perform? Um, our first year on there, we were um a featured band, which meant we got our two um regular sets and then um we were also in this what they call the stowaways so the stowaways is like it'll be random members from oh okay bands. Oh. um so 
like, uh, for example, I did, I did, uh, and we all get together like the first day and like, they'll have a big long rehearsal for everybody. And, uh, just play cover songs and they'll have a couple of different cover sets where oh, all these band fun. members are just kind of in, intermingling and, and playing covers together. But, uh, so you got to play so, with members of, of the other bands like Papa Roach and suicidal tendencies and stuff. Um, not necessarily those guys. Okay. But, um, uh, I got to play with uh, CJ, the guitar player from Johnny pool. Um, Oh, that's nice. We did a, we did a cover from, of a stone temple pilot song. And then, uh, our drummer oh. uh, did a song with uh, the singer of Queensryche, you know? Um, oh, wow. And, uh, Is there a video of these songs? I want, uh, that sounds good. I want to see that. I'm sure you can find them out there if you yeah. Google Ship Rock. I, uh, I looked at some of your, the covers you've done. I think one of my favorites was the Hunger Strike one that you did with um, uh, what it's, Small Town Titans, I think it was. Oh, yeah. that was so yeah, spot on. That Thank was amazing. You, yeah. That was their idea, man. They asked me to do that. It's and, very um, cool. They were very, very gracious hosts. So, I don't, uh, yeah. Damn near, damn near like, missed my plane home. That was amazing. Um, so Bon yeah. Jovi, the Shiprock Cruise, you've done these big shows. You did have a bad story about a show, though. You, tell me about this. You were, you were doing a show in Colorado Springs, and it got down to three degrees, and the generator on the bus went out, so you had no heat, no defroster. It was 34 degrees inside the bus. How do you even yeah. survive something like that? Uh, we huddled together for warmth. Now, um, <laughs> um, just we layered up, man. That was a that was a pretty unfortunate night, man. That was a it was a long day the next day trying to fix. So we ended up fixing the generator ourselves. And oh, wow. Um, but yeah, just bundled up, man. You could see our breath inside the bus. You know, it was uh it was pretty crazy. And then the defroster on the bus was controlled by the generator as well. So uh, we got a uh. Oh, old hair dryer uh blow dryer out of the back and and just defrosted the windshield by hand basically just, wow because uh we were going through the rocky mountain pass which is a pretty dangerous road so yeah um, you gotta be careful that's you know, scary stuff so some was, of the <laughs> it was a long night for sure <laughs> i bet so some of these bands that you've done shows with like uh like joyous wolf i had them on here what other younger bands have you performed with that stood out? I know, like you said, like temperance movement, Blackstone cherry, who else that the kind of like, I like um, hearing about newer bands. Uh, there's a, there's a band that are some friends of ours that we toured with out of, uh, out of Athens, Georgia called low water. You should oh. definitely check out there. Okay. They got a really good, uh, really good, like heavy grunge sound for sure. The, All the right. Southern grunge is, I'll definitely check grunge out. Grunge is alive and well in the South for some reason. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Um, Let's see them. Um, there's a band out of Oklahoma City called Kira, and hmm. uh, another another band out of Oklahoma City called uh, Locust Grove. They're both okay. really good, uh, kind of uh, Pantera type, you know, Pantera style hmm. metal bands, kind of in that vein of of metal. Um, okay, I'll definitely have to check those out. Now, when yeah, you man. all great bands, it's very cool. That's why I love, and I love discovering the new music because I can play it all on the Spotify. I mean, you can listen to every, so, which is really cool in a way, but I don't know how, how good is that for artists? Cause you guys have like, I think I saw you had 9 million streams in 2020. Now that helps get your band name out there, but that doesn't bring in a lot of money, right? With the streaming. Um, it brings in, it brings in some money. You know? okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's not nothing. Um, it's definitely not like the, uh, the days of old in the eighties, yeah. you know, when you sold 
if you sold 9 million records, you'd be a, a very rich man, you know? Sure, <laughs> um, sure, sure. Okay. But, uh, but it's something. No, I mean, it's, it's not bad. I, I think, uh, it, it's there's a good and evil about it you know i mean mm-hmm. you might not get paid as much but it is the quintessential like i mean you have to be on spotify you mm-hmm. know to to be heard you know right especially as an unknown band like us um you know spotify and apple music and those kind of streaming services are are uh They've helped us get our, our name out there. Sure. You know? And you get on the playlist is what I'm told. Like when I had this, yeah. this band, the black moods on, they were saying, if you get on those Spotify playlists, that's how people discover you. So that's kind of the big thing to do. Yeah. That's kind of the new, uh, the new age, um, MTV or radio or MTV yeah. radio. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing, man, is getting on those playlists. And, so, and, uh, yeah. Tell me about this. You, you guys have a new single out called the end, which is very heavy. Sounds like very even have a like heavy metal i would say even has a guitar solo so this song is part of an ep called static is this just going to be a bridge in between albums since you can't do the live shows or is this the static ep going to morph into a full album um the static ep was kind of its own thing okay Um, it's these those four songs uh we recorded uh while we were doing under the sun and uh they didn't really they didn't really fit on the album okay um anywhere you know so um but we had them and we really didn't know what to do and hmm. um i mean 2020 came around and it's like well we can't tour let's let's put out some let's put out these tunes for everybody. okay and, so um, that's just like a bridge because you do have a full album coming out yeah. that's going to be self-titled right just called blacktop mojo that's correct uh we're going to record that in uh in january actually we're working on it right now oh um, do you have anything can you tell me any Anything about it? Any song titles or lyrics or themes or anything or um, sounds? It's it's still kind of taking shape right now. But, okay, uh, it's definitely uh, it'll definitely be a little different. Okay, than I think everybody says that about their new record. Sure, but, sure. Um, uh, I'm excited about it. It's got a it's got a little bit of a you know classic southern rock type of stuff and uh, a little bit of uh, heaviness. You know. Okay. I think it's got a good, good mixture of the two. You know? Yeah. It'll still sound like blacktop mojo though. You're not going to yeah, go uh, yeah, sure. all too crazy then. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, we're not all going right. uh, you know, we like EDM or Metallica or Lou Reed kind of thing or something. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> so you list in Facebook, it says you list your political views as make your own decisions and your religious views as be kind. And now a lot of musicians <laughs> and actors and athletes, and famous people I've seen are being very active in politics. Do you feel like you need to play a role in that and take a side or is politics something you just want to steer clear of because you might alienate your fans? Um, I, I definitely am not well informed enough. I don't feel like to take a side <laughs> on, on anything like that, man. Um, and I respect everybody's views. So I don't mm-hmm. really want my views to come into play when it comes to them enjoying our music or something like that you know i, sure. I feel like uh i feel like i want our music to be an escape for them you know let's, yeah let's forget about that sort of stuff for now you okay know? and uh but do you think you that know what I, if, if you, you want to know what i think you can listen to the songs and it'll be you know take, okay. make your own interpret make your own interpretation of it you know yeah so tell me about that because i you know part of the job of a rock star it used to be like you know, kind of, you're like a philosopher, like Jim Morrison or John Lennon. Like, what do you think the most lyrically complex or deep song that you wrote is? Um, 
Man, that's a tough question. I don't never. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been asked that question. Um, I think maybe um, "Shadows on the Wall" comes to mind. From, okay, uh, from our Burning Ships album. Um, it's kind of about Plato's allegory of the cave, mm. um, which is I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's these three brothers that are chained yeah. up in a cave for their whole lives, and there's a a fire burning behind them. And uh, the only thing that they know are the shadows on the cave wall from people walking in between the fire. Mm. And then uh, one brother gets loose and he runs out to the mouth of the cave and he sees the sky for the first time. And he sees all these colors. And, um, wow. That's then he goes back into the, yeah. Yeah. He goes back into the cave to tell his brothers what he saw and they kill him because <laughs> they don't believe him. Yeah, so, it's been a while. I, I did it, remember learning about that in philosophy class, but it's um, been a, I'll have to re, now I have to reread that uh, allegory of the cave and have to actually listen yeah. to your song too. Read the lyrics. It's, it's yeah, it's sort of a it's sort of a I think a metaphor for everybody staring at their phones. You know, their their oh. screens all the time, and you know, you don't know what to. Sometimes you got to look up from that to, to figure out what's what's really going on. You know. Yeah, for sure. Do you think, I know we're doing this zoom, but if we were in real life, do you think that I could beat you in arm wrestling if I used both hands? Well, probably. Yeah. You think know. really? Oh, wait, I want to try yeah. that. I think you could still beat me. We got to, we got to give it a shot, man. How much can you like curl with a, like a, cause you got the big biceps. Um, hell man. I don't know. Uh, probably I did some shoulder workouts with 75s today. So I had to. Dang. So get them up above my head, you know? <laughs> so like I said, I heard you do that temple, the dog. And I think after watching you do that and the way you nailed the Aerosmith and I've heard you, oh, I've also heard you do Led Zeppelin spot on. Yeah. And I realized, I mean, you, you can do it all. Like you're strong, you're manly, you're athletic with a football, you're musical, you're smart. Cause you got a biology, a uh, biomedical degree. Like what is your weakness? Is there anything you're bad at? Uh, I mean, a jack of all trades, master of none. Let's, no. Let's, let's like <laughs> well, you're definitely a master of singing. Can you, I'm going to, can I put you on the spot? Can you sing right now? Or do you have to like warm up and stuff? Uh, I what do you want me to sing, man? <laughs> if you, I've never heard you do guns and roses. <laughs> what was that? Wait, do that again. A twinkle, twinkle little star, man. No, do something cool. Do, do something, <laughs> do Led Zeppelin or Aerosmith or. You need calling, baby. I'm not fooling. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. <laughs> You're definitely a master. That's amazing. Well, uh, yeah. this was a lot of fun. Um, I always like to end with a charity. I think I told you. Uh, hopefully, I told you. Um, is yeah. there a charity that you guys work with, or you want to give a quick shout out to? Um, like to give a shout out to the the Nine Line Foundation. We've made a made a donation to them before, but they uh they support veterans that come back. Uh, need help what is it called again sorry what's that what is the foundation called uh the nine line foundation nine line okay i'll um, put that in the notes yeah. if people want to make a donation or, or read more about that that sounds great helping veterans my brother's a veteran so i always yeah. try to help those guys out for sure um well yeah definitely a lot of respect for veterans definitely for sure. you know, you've accomplished so much you got a new album coming out and i think did i see that you guys are playing rock fest this year in wisconsin with a uh, disturbed and Limp Biscuit and uh, Steel Panther and Joyous Wolf and the Black Moods, I think, will be there too. That sounds like a fun. I'm gonna have to drive up for that. Oh yeah, oh, yeah man. It, uh, uh, as as far as I know, man, as long as it as long as it holds steady, you know, in 2021, we'll be right. there, man. 
Okay, cool. Well, I look forward to some shows. Hopefully, if you ever come to Phoenix, I'll definitely uh, come see you guys, and I look forward to the new album. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on. All right. Thanks for doing this. All right. Bye. Yeah, See ya. Right. So Matt James, Blacktop Mojo is the band. Check out the band's website for updates, show information, merchandise, and more. Uh, you can stream their music on Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube. Follow them on social media to see what they're up to. If you enjoyed this interview, uh, check out some of the other interviews I've done. Uh, a lot of great bands like the Black Moods, uh, Joyous Wolf, Of Limbo, Them Evils. Uh, and if you want to support the show, you can follow me on social media, share this episode on social media, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, or uh, YouTube. Uh, and that way you won't miss any future episodes. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, shoot for the moon.